Thank you for downloading this podcast. The A to Z of Human Performance consists of 25 live shows that were broadcast in January 2021. The book, The A to Z of Human Performance, written by John Osirkham, Emma Wiggs and Steve Eaton, contains a lot of the topics you'll hear in the coming episodes and it's now out so you can get your copy at the Amazon Kindle store. Without further ado, here's the podcast. You're listening to the A to Z of Human Performance live show weekdays at 13.30 GMT with Chris Lisman and resident expert, Jonna Sercom. Please enjoy responsibly. Awesome. Underway. And it is Tuesday. Here we it's are Chris again. Lisman, the A to Z of Human Performance live show host. Here he is. Welcome to episode 12, everybody. I'm excited to be again joined by our resident expert Jonna Sercom. Jonna, how are you on this uh, rather grey Tuesday? Well, it's raining, but I've already been to India today. Uh, wow, that's impressive. Of technology. Yeah, been asked to do a keynote. It's fun. How exciting. Uh, for a big international conference. So that will keep me energised for the rest of the day. How that's are you? It's an early start by the sound of it. I think it's going to be a very early start, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. I might get out. They you won't have to do the flight though, so there is that. I won't have to fly. They did say to me, uh, you know, obviously there's any scheduling conflict. It's like, guys, you're asking me to do something at six o'clock in the morning. I'm locked in my house. Yeah, yeah, yeah minimal, minimal uh, scheduling conflict with that. Difficult to get around. Uh, yeah, how are you? Yeah, all good, thank you. Yeah, really good. Um, excited a busy for the few days, though. Yeah, busy few days. We've had a, a marketing event yesterday um, and uh, plenty going on today as well. So, um, yeah, really doing really good. Are you keeping the world alight with design work, facilitation, workshops, uh, projects? Yeah. And that's even before you get into your email inbox, isn't it? So, uh, so there we go. Yeah. Yeah. All sorts going on workshops, design, the marketing side. Yeah. Helping Great. with the tech. Busy times. It's really busy. Today, we're going to be talking about latency. Um, Jonna, what is latency? I would like to say that I have based my whole career it, the entirety of my career around this topic uh what's possible what's what is under the surface that could be released what's your potential what are you capable of uh if one coaching question i used to really love which is that what would you do if you knew you could not fail i mean this is a topic of latency. And uh, in the age of high performance, it's a great question. It's a great topic. What is lurking there under the surface that if only we could release it, could create something, make something, move something, dream something. Um, yeah, so big, big, big topic. That, that's a yeah, really inspiring topic. And um, there's, there's so much that we could go into there. What, what sort of factors contribute to our potential? Well, first, let's first of all just think about a metaphor. You know those hand warmers that you used to get? Mm, you yeah. have to boil, and then there's a yeah. little disc, and you just clip it, and it basically goes really hot. Clicks into life, yeah. That That is latency in a heat example. So that's that's latent heat tapped and then released by a chemical reaction. But I think it's it's deeply fascinating to think that all that is, go, is, is possible. 
uh, for us as human beings. And there's a, a whole load of untapped performance. And the next question is, you know, what, what contributes to this latency? And I think, so we could think about our hidden skills. We could think about our skills that we could develop, relationships that we might develop, uh, assets that we might accumulate, uh, connections that we might make. Um, so, for example, in the pandemic, some people could see this as a chance to try to carry on what they were doing before. Or you could think about this as an opportunity to learn new skills and try new things. And um, in doing so, you might tap into some some latent uh, capacity that you have or some ability that you have. Or you might develop some um, capabilities that become the source of a future success. So this kind of way of thinking is to to consider the latent opportunities and not just look at what's directly in front of us. And that's why I like that question, you know, what would you do if you knew you could not fail it? It says, okay, like, there's a lot of things we could worry about. There's a lot of things that could hold us back. But if we put all those one side, what would you do? And, um, you know, this is the kind of question that helps us to take risks and um, make decisions. It's more than just setting goals, which we've talked about on this show before. It's, it's about something under the surface, something untapped, that's, that's almost bursting to come out. Yeah, so it's tapping into those belief systems. And I mean, is we could do a hypothetical export experiment. I don't know if you're up for being a participant in that experiment, Chris. I will volunteer. Okay, Mandarin. I mean, how good do you think you could be at it? How good could I be at it? Yeah. Uh, probably not quite fluent, but reasonably good in, in time, given enough time. You don't think you could be fluent? Is that impossible to you? impossible the, the idea that you could become fluent in mandarin is no. actually i do th i do think it's possible it's just not probable it's not definitely it's certainly not probable i'd go no, there. no. i mean mandarin you, you actually if you were to take it seriously go to china live in guangzhou uh enjoy sure, all sure. nights and sounds there yeah uh find that you had got a job you, yeah you, it's possible i've become it? fluent yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. is there I any language in the world that you don't think that would happen with if you took it really seriously and made full commitment to it Uh, probably not. What about Zorsa that's got the clicks? I could I could do some clicks, yeah. Yeah. Are you a linguist, yeah. Chris? Would you say you're into languages? I, I'm I can be quite into languages. I'm not fluent in anything, but um yeah, I used to enjoy uh, learning French. That's cool. I wanted to learn Spanish actually, but they didn't have enough to run the class. So uh, so, so if you just imagine if you did that with Mandarin, it maybe it took you ten years and you decided to do the same thing again but with a different language. Uh, how quickly, how much quicker than 10 years do you think it would take with a second language? I imagine that would come a lot quicker. I think, yeah. Especially yeah, my linguistic related. skills would have been increased. Do you, do you reckon you'd halve it? Potentially, yeah. Potentially. So from 10 years to five years, three years? Yeah. Okay. What if five you then years, went to, a, you did that two, twice and then went to do a third language to become yep. absolutely fluent? Yeah. Where do you think you'd get to? How quick do you think the third one would you? Probably be a few years, maybe yeah. even less. So, Let's say it's let's say it halved every time you did it. It took ten years for the first one, five years for the second, two and a half yeah. for the third. Yeah. Uh, basically one for the fourth. You could probably start accumulating quite a lot of languages because there's also some overlaps. Maybe some would interfere with each other, but uh, you would have developed the skill of learning languages and you'd worked out a strategy and then you'd have improved it. So you know, I mean, that's just language. Let's go on to sport. I mean, what sports are you good at? Relatively good at football. That's okay. the one I spend the most time playing. Uh. Uh, what about volleyball? I've very rarely played volleyball. Okay. Maybe twice. How could you think you'd become life. a volleyball if you knew if you if you knew that you could not fail? If you had the, some of the best teachers in the world all the time available that you wanted and limitless motivation? 
I think I could become quite good, actually. Do you think you could get to like a local team or even a national team? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, if you were to move to a country that where you just recently acquired the language that didn't play much volleyball at all, yeah? Yeah, become yeah. a citizen. Maybe you could get onto the national team. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, this is the idea. There's, there's a whole load of untapped potential. And, I mean, there's only we've only got limited energy in life, haven't we? Yeah. So there's only certain things we can pursue, but there are a lot of things that we could get better at. There's a lot of things we could work at. And uh, one of those is to think about the things that we want to become high performing in and think about all the sub skills that go into it uh, and then work out how we become really good at that. So in my previous life as an international facilitator, I become extremely good at beating jet lag. And that, that would, I would say I'm world-class at that. I, I would say I've worked out the strategies. I've tapped into the potential to work out how to fly around the world and arrive in countries and not be that tired. Um, and I can remember back to when I wasn't, that wasn't a skill set that I even knew existed. And I thought that jet lag was a thing that I had to go along with. Um, and, you know, you say, well, how do you beat jet lag? Well, you've got to have the sub skills, haven't you? You've got to understand how the human body clock works. The human body needs 20, uh, in 24 hours, you need eight hours sleep, but you don't need eight hours sleep all in one go. So then if you're flying to China, you want to try and get some sleep on board. But if you get a couple of hours sleep on board uh, and then arrive into China, flights from Europe, arriving there late in the evening, you don't have to go straight to bed. You don't have to set your watch before you time. You jump into a hotel, you get there at midnight, have a hamburger. I don't know. Go to sleep for a few hours. Wake up a bit late. Uh, don't fly on the day that you've got to be working the next day. You've got a day off to accommodate. Accumulate a few more naps along the way. Go back to bed at midnight the next night. Have five or six hours sleep. Get up in the morning. You know, you can do it. So there's like it's, there's thinking about all those sub skills of everything and you, you can accumulate these um, talents for things that you had no idea about. But I think most people are not that interested in improving and um, they therefore don't really look inside to think what they're capable of. So it has to start with that first introspection of what am I capable of? Yeah. You have to ask yourself the questions you've just asked me. Do you think it is possible for you to What are you capable this? of and, and do you want to? And I think that's the yeah. other part. Do you actually want to? Because... Let's say Motivation is going to come into it. If let's say you didn't want to learn those languages and we sent you to China, yeah. you could certainly not do it. So yeah. I think understanding like what you're capable of, thinking that introspection and what you're good at, and what you could be good at, and being prepared to take risks. I'm currently learning a new skill, and it, I am not good at it, which is horse riding. But <laughs> I've my seen video evidence of this. Yeah, my daughter's learning to ride, and I realised there's a latent opportunity there. If I were to join her in that experience when she wants to go and do things to do with riding, maybe I can go to Wyoming and um ride around with her have a great time so it could i could develop our relationship through this medium so you know there's the question is how good can i become like well, certainly know how bad i am but lesson two i'm not as bad as i thought uh so you know but it's i think a lot of people also don't like to learn i mean kids love to learn but adults don't like the feeling of not being good at stuff we want to do things we're good at and so we yeah, can and, and potentially have that that feeling of I've, i tried this before i tried something else before i didn't stick at it and then i felt rubbish because I sort of set myself a bit of a goal and, and failed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas so kids it, don't mind that. Kids don't mind failing. It's like, well, they don't. They don't mind it. They don't, yeah, they're used to it. They actually used to get yeah. some feedback about what they can do next, and um, so they're they're in that mindset. But um, yeah, so I think this this is the topic of latency, and it, it's interesting, you know, also thinking about the future. Uh, Professor Hal Hirschfield at the Kellogg School of Management, um, he did a, a bit of research on uh, how he thought about our futures, and uh, he showed people a digitally altered picture of themselves when they were old and those that saw their potential future chose to invest twice as much in retirement savings as those that didn't so he primed them with this photo 
but you know, it's it's not to just consider what our potential is and what we could be good at, but it's also to think, you know, what do we need in our future and what's what's important. And uh, I think when it comes to latency, also the other another aspect of it is to think about uh, what we're going to leave fallow. And as as I mentioned before, my my fa- family from farming background. Sometimes you need to leave a field fallow. Sometimes you need to have some time in your life where there's nothing going on. And that gives you that opportunity for that introspection. It gives you the chance to think about what you want in life. And it gives you a chance to power yourself back up and think about, um, you know, life moves that you might want to make, life changes that you might want to make. Um, yeah, so leaving, you know, we don't want to buy, in, buy purely into this whole productivity culture where every minute of every day has to be valuable and purposeful. It is also important, as we were discussing actually in the pre-show, yeah. to have stuff that you do that's not, you know, productivity focused or not yeah. self-growth focused, but you make time to do nothing. So, so that study primed uh, the participants to, to actually look at their future self and and then essentially work backwards and then think, okay, what do I want to do now towards that? Uh, it's really interesting thinking about the future. And a lot of people love looking to the past, love looking to their past experiences, you know, the popularity of things like time up and, you, you know, what you were doing two years ago, flashing up on your phone. I'm much more interested in what's to come. And actually, I think we, if we're going to study history at school, we should really study future. I think that would be a very interesting subject. Yeah. Um, well, I'm much more wired towards that, actually. Well, do, you you must... think, do you think we do have a sort of preference as to whether we'd rather look back or look forward? You've woken me up now, Chris. We've all got an imagination. We've all got imagination. That is the thing that is the engine of the future. And um, yeah, I think when we, when we lose that imagination, we've talked about kids, haven't we? But when we lose that imagination, we do lose something of what it takes to be human. I mean, the, like an architect can visualize a building that's not been built in a place that's not been leveled with materials that you know they they haven't seen and create this incredible cathedral of space uh a, an author can create imaginary worlds but the human imagination is incredibly powerful and i'm sure that it, the high performers like emma that, that uh, go for these olympic medals and they, they use visualization a lot to think about the future uh and train in that so you know that that history i think is incredible and i a big reader of history but i do think yeah. this, this skill of being able to imagine the future maybe there's a level beyond that as well where you can call that future into being and we see that with high performers on entrepreneurship they're able to imagine either a consumer product or something and an organization to fulfill it and to to create that and call it into being yeah. and maybe that's a bit a different from people who just take jobs and try and you know um do a job but there's people that want to create something like i know you're in that you're you've got that mind you can you've got a future focused imaginative mind how, how do you develop that how, how do you build that muscle so it becomes even bigger i think by as we talked about goal setting having something in mind that you can achieve and going and getting it and seeing it come to life that's that's one way of doing it, even if it's something small um we were just talking before before the call started about uh, running and I was doing that a lot in lock, the first lockdown and building that up, setting a goal of saying, I want to do a 5K in this time and I want to be able to run a 10K uh, and then just achieving that. And I think that builds up that muscle of, I can set myself something that hasn't happened yet and make it happen. Yeah, so there's this link using the imagination to drive yeah. it kind of future facing. Yeah. yeah, but it's also, I think, a really interesting management strategy. And I guess it comes to leadership, management and leadership for me as well. When I look at an individual, I've got to think, like how can I help them to go beyond their own imagination of their 
of their limits. Mm. Like let's if let's go around the team. Let's let's think of a few people we know. Uh, Alex Pestel. What is he capable of? What do you think? Such a wide question. It's a big uh, question. I mean, yeah, he's, it's the one with a lot of potential. It's good. He can go all the way. He can good skills. Intelligent, good, already fluent in a language. Very fluent. Yeah. Good he's communication. The engine of the team. Attention to detail. Good with people. Yeah. So you know, he learns quickly. As a manager, I want to project onto someone like Alex. Think, right? He's got where he thinks he is in life and where he thinks he can go. If I, they call it outframing, but if I can project a bigger future onto him, that will set up a great manager team member relationship. Uh, M Link, I mean, where do you think she could go? Oh, she could go to every continent if she hasn't already to, to facilitate and uh, and do more than that. I think it's interesting, isn't it? So, yeah. so you know, again, she's actually extremely bright, very, very deep interpersonal skills. Yeah, good educator. Uh, has instant charisma and yep. confidence and most importantly she loves to learn so if you said you know what's the hallmark of people who can exploit their potential this a bit this loving to learn a passion for learning getting better i think is going to be absolutely crit critical yeah um let's play let's bring it close to home chris how far do you think i can go uh how far can you go where do you want to go i mean I imagine it... imagine that you're you're my mentor and i'm not dreaming big enough or okay. I've got flaws that are holding me back. You've yeah. got to try and dream big for me. How big can I go? Uh, well, what 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 dreams haven't you already unlocked, Jonna? I don't know. I can't ride a pony. You can't ride a pony. So the the horse riding is is critical. That's my next project. Yeah. How how big could you go in horse riding? Uh, I I guess I, I guess there's my my physical abilities might depreciate over time. The question is, can my limited riding abilities grow fast enough that I can exploit my potential yeah. before I'm extremely old? But that would show some limiting beliefs about aging. And um, I was reading in my cycle uh, magazines this week about a 90-year-old who's trying to set the record for 10 miles for the fastest 90-year-old on a bike. And when I looked at the times that he's managing to achieve, it's uh, probably about as fast as me. So there is a 90-year-old out there who can ride his... Uh, road bike as fast as me so maybe i shouldn't have beliefs about aging i should think that we can still hold those abilities um i, I want you to think like just do, do me a favor like help me on my work how if i was to be really good in my job how far do you think i go because that's what we did for em and alex and i want i'm interested what you think about my potential and then you're gonna know what's gonna happen in a minute how far do you think i could go well you are you have very good people skills as well um you're running a company so you've got experience of that 20 years facilitating uh no trouble facilitating in front of hundreds of people uh so as a as a uh communicator and as a performer in a sense you've got no trouble there so you could go into other areas as a performer could go large could go large could become a radio show star um <laughs> okay. yeah it could be on live tv what a, okay so i could be on live tv what about you how big how big or how far could you go in your professional career if there was no if it was you fully exploited your potential. There's no limits. Uh, what do you think is possible? Uh, what is possible? Becoming a CEO like you. Yeah, so you could easily run a company. Definitely. Run a company, yeah. I mean, CEO is easy. It's just job title. <laughs> now <laughs> we're talking about how big, how big a team am I running as a CEO? How big a team? Yeah. How many people with your management capability? How I'm probably close to the limit of my management capability. As you know, I'm not a great manager. 
I'm a, I'm a good true. mentor. It's not true. I'm a, I'm a good mentor. I'm not a bad leader, but I'm really not very good at management. When did you last have a review? <laughs> exactly. exactly. That what, is what's a review? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, so, but that's, so how big could you go? How, how big a team do you think you could run? Hundred, two hundred. You think you run two hundred? Yeah. Wow, that's a lot of people. So, um, if you're running a team of two hundred people, uh, how much revenue could that company do? Uh, I mean, pick a number. <laughs> that's a that's a big enough team. Million? Big enough team. That, yeah, it could be doing hundred million. Okay. So, if you were going that big, uh, what sub skills are you missing? That you so you might have the potential, but what sub skills sure. you have to start working on, right? What skills would I need? Um, I mean, delegation would just have to be better. You have to be better. outstanding Cause, in delegation. Because no, if you're running a lot of people to delegate to, if you're running a team of two hundred, you're not even delegating. Do you know that? What would you say you are? You do. Well, you you're a figurehead. Right. Yeah. Everyone, there's a level below you that's doing all the delegating, and you sure. just yeah, yeah. But to get there, to get through those. Yeah, yeah. So you'd have yeah, to be yeah. really good at delegating and then realize that actually you needed to move on where you didn't have to have yeah. anything to delegate anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. So yeah, so this is like this is an interesting game, isn't it? And I think I mean the other thing is then what's what's holding us back and there's like internal barriers which we could probably overcome, but there's also external barriers. And um uh you know, we see that actually with discrimination. Uh we see that with uh for example, people who come from really wealthy and well off backgrounds fast tracking to the top in certain situations. Uh, again, it happens in sport again. So if you know, various people's kids are uh, play, football players, kids are at a high level in the academy. Well, yep. it, it could just be natural talent, but it isn't really just that, is it? So that's no. a degree of completely normal nepotism as well. Uh, and then there's also what role models you have. So let's ask you what role models did you have for elite sport when you were young? Uh, what role models for elite sport? Um, anyone you knew D that was in David Beckham yeah but you didn't know David Beckham did you? oh I didn't know him uh, like anyone that was not people I know personally yeah don't think so don't think I knew yeah. anyone me neither so the, you know the likelihood of did getting see really David far... Beckham at Legoland once though so. <laughs> Steph's story does, does that count? But the, the likelihood <laughs> of getting really far without the right mentors is low uh, this was another thing that you know is, this is part of giving back which we talked about um, in our kindness show you know I know people who've gone really far in sport and when you talk to them how, how they got into it, they had somebody in their life that knew, it might have been a PE teacher that had been at really high elite sport, they had somebody they knew, not even necessarily in their sport, but my parents knew nothing about elite sport. No. Yours probably not. No. So we probably played a bit of sport. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting to think about how, who's these men, who these mentors are and, um, again, to think about other areas of life, whether it's relationships, workplace, marriage, uh, whether it's... Um, capabilities but i don't think we can unlock our potential without the right support team around us and that includes mm. people who really know what they're talking about in various areas yeah, that's true. yeah i think i've i've seen that in various walks of life not just sporting wise but seeing someone who is in a position whether that's their job or their relationship status or um where they live and just thinking yeah that's where i'm heading or where i want to get to not exactly and i'm not trying to compare or be them yeah but just they're at the stage where i want to get to it's an inspiration isn't it and also yeah. coming back to the imagination this gives us some concrete reference points to think all right if they could do that then i yeah. could probably get to here yeah uh like um you know i remember when i first did a 30 kilometer run and I'd never done that far before. I'd probably done it as part of a kind of hike and things, you know, I'd done the kind of distance, 
but I'd never gone out for a 30 kilometer run. I was intimidated by it. And I actually didn't know anyone else who's running that kind of distance. And then once I'd done it, I could easily persuade someone else to come with me because I could tell them, you know, this is what's going to happen. We'll run the first 10K really slowly as if we're almost walking. Then the middle 10K, we will be slow anyway because we'll be tired. And then this last 10K, we've just got to get home. So it will be possible, but you must take three energy gels and a bottle of water. Otherwise, we'll surely die. Uh, but, you know, so, th- so these, these role models and mentors, and I think, again, you know, the ability to recruit the right mentors and the right support team is a big part of unpacking um, what we're capable of. And um, for those of us in the workplace, we want to look around and see five or six people that are inspirational and who ha- would have the time to help us to develop certain skills. Um, and if we've got one of those people, that's great, but there are other people that can look out for us. Yeah. So we need those mentors around us to help us. And, yeah, we've got uh, it. We've got, inspiration. To. we've got to. And we've got to come back to motivation as well. As Emma always says, is the juice worth the squeeze? To unlock our potential and be really good at something, it's going to take time, effort, money, sacrifice, compromise. So do we actually want it enough as well? And um, again, I love looking at the elite sports academies, football and everything else. Some people just are more motivated than others. And some of them just haven't got the motivation to to achieve the high performance. No, you see that a lot in football, don't you? A lot of potential. All the talent. nothing, Nothing comes of it. If you watch what they can do, how good they are, and yeah. then maybe they go home and party too much rather than resting, and or maybe they just haven't got their life in order, or maybe they just don't have the will to really make it to the top. Yeah. Very sad. It's, it's incredible, isn't it? There's two things Emma mentions in the chapter, two blockers that are um, limiting our potential. One is the fear of failure, that actually if we, if we don't try, we can't fail. And one's imposter syndrome. How, how do we overcome those to, to fulfill our potential? Well, we all, we all have fear of failure. If we didn't, we'd be like a psychopath. I mean, it's, fear of failure has to be healthy because there's got to be something that holds us back from doing dangerous things or for, from becoming exposed. And we're also a social animal, so we don't want to be socially embarrassed. Um, but there's the expression, feel the fear and do it anyway. And I think that applies to imposter syndrome as well. Imposter syndrome, that feeling that maybe we're not quite good enough. I think, you know, when... If you think about the development curve, when you start something new, you won't be really capable. So we should all feel this from time to time. Uh, some people allow that imposter syndrome to hold them back and others just push through recognising that it's just a, a human phenomena that we all feel like that sometimes. Uh, I don't know how you felt at the start of the, the, doing these shows, Chris. Do you feel like a radio show presenter? Not quite, no. Did you feel a bit awkward? Do we had our third yeah. theme tune and some backdrops? Yeah, all felt, felt a, bit, a bit surreal. We pushed on through. Yeah. So I'd encourage anyone who's listening, you know, where we're doing things that we don't feel confident at or we haven't done them before, uh, yeah, we can get a mentor. But also pushing through and pushing into new versions of ourselves, I think, is really interesting. Yeah, it is. And that's what we're trying to do, isn't it? Unlock that potential, become a new, future, uh, a new version of ourselves. Um, how, how do the highest performers unlock that potential then? We talked about some of the elite level sporting heroes not actually fulfilling that potential how, how do we actually use it well i think there's good in bad good and bad in how the high performers that we've researched on achieve it but often it's by becoming obsessed words like leaving no stone unturned having made every effort uh, putting everything into this uh, some people would go as far as putting themselves in a situation where they have to succeed because to fail is too bad um and i've seen people in the world of music do that they put themselves in a situation where it doesn't work they can't go back so these are not necessarily great strategies, but certainly um, I've also seen the others where, where um, people won't take risks or push themselves because they're too comfortable. And um, when, I've, when I kind of left paid employment to go and start 
freelancing, I, I made myself uncomfortable and I took the risk. And um, you can't go back, can you, if you left a big, big corporate job? What do you do? Knock on the door and say, I'm really sorry, I got it wrong. They've probably hired someone else. Yeah. But I, I think, you know, so there's that, that ability to take a risk and make a leap of faith can be, can also help us unlock potential. Um, and to help others do that as well in our, in our world around us. Um, people like us to be the way we were. People, like, people would like me to stay running this company because that's what they know me to do. But mm. maybe I'm going to do something else. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you are. Yeah. Yeah, we, we think we're limited by what's currently going on in our current situation, don't we, a lot of the time, when actually yeah. we, could, we could stretch into new things. And we, we can find things that we've never discovered. Yeah. Well, there's potential for that. Another time, Jono. We're out of time. We're out of time. I can't believe it. Right. It's flowing. Have a great rest of the day, folks. It's been great to see you. <laughs> see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Talking motivation tomorrow. Join us for that. Don't forget, the A to Z of human performance is now available on Amazon Kindle Store. Get your copy now.